At least that's what my counter says. So this is where the magic happens. I just heard that line the other like literally ten minutes ago, and I had to use it. Um, I don't. That's all I have. What's up, Tim? Not much, man. How are you? It's good to see you. I'm well. What do you think about uh, people uh, in December, in the holiday season, kind of just being like, eh, uh, we'll, we'll wait till next year. What are your general thoughts on that? Uh, or you can't do business are you, are you, in December type of thing. Like, oh, you got to that, that type I of I don't know. I'm just, I'm just always of the start, either start the habit early, start it now. Um, it's just once you start putting things off, it's just super easy to continue to push things off. But, you know, to each, to each of their own. How about you? Uh, well, I was going to use the statistic that I learned from Jim White, from Jim White Fitness a few years ago that said he gets all his business within a 45-day span, basically, or, or traditional gyms do. Maybe, maybe someone like he doesn't. But 45 days, that's where they get all their business. Uh, and so they have to be, like, super, super onto it. I, right. I tend to think that when people are, um, you know, on vacation or whatever – that's a good time to swoop in and, and do a lot of other work. So, yeah. I mean, like if, if, now that you bring it up, I, now would be the time. Like if you were strictly talking about uh, physical fitness or whatnot, now would be the time to like start to ease yourself into it so that then uh, to avoid you going in on January 1st or January 2nd and then leaving. And the next yeah, day you're so sore that you can't even move and then never going back again. So now is the time to like, start stretching and, and, and easing yourself into it. But uh, I, yeah, that's, and the gym I, won't be as busy for the next 15 days or so. Yeah. So but the same is true go. with, uh, with business as well. Right. Absolutely. With that being said, the, you know, end of the year is, is coming upon us. We are delighted to have Jolie Spears with us today. The, what is the exact title that you have? Cause it's like a 17 portion part, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> Yeah, well, the executive because, director of the Hampton Roads Small Business Development Center and vice president. I, I think of the I even Chamber have like Conference. a nice vice president title with the Hampton Roads Chamber. They're, they're our host. Um, the SBDC has been around for about 30 years or so here in Hampton Roads, and every SBDC across the state has a fiscal host. There's 29 different centers. So in Hampton Roads, our fiscal host has always been the Hampton Roads Chamber, and they do so much for us. It's really incredible the level of support we receive from them. And then I should also say um, Virginia Peninsula Community College has also always been a partner with us. They um, have space for our offices on the peninsula over there, too. So shout out to VPCC and the HRC. Yeah, not to be confused with the Virginia Peninsula Chamber of Commerce. That I hear that they rebranded as a result of the rebranding of Virginia. What's their Peninsula brand now? Community College. They are now the Virginia Peninsula Chamber. I think I think just VPC. Instead of VPC, right. probably for Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, you don't or want to. Yeah. Too many acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> Is there? So, 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 yeah. So. No, that I think that was always a, a question a lot of people had was like. Where does the chamber uh, fit in? Where does uh, the community college fit in? And so the chamber is the fiscal agent. And then um, Virginia Peninsula Community College is a sponsor, I guess, for the peninsula. Is, it, is, is that accurate? Yes, they provide a tremendous amount of in-kind services to us um, by allowing us um, space in their, I think it's in their workforce development center. So it's really nice to have a physical location on the peninsula because we serve 18 localities in Hampton Roads. We are Williamsburg all the way across the entire peninsula. We dip down into Isle of Wight, Franklin, Southampton, and then we cover the entire south side all the way over to the eastern shore. So it's a big geographic area, and um, it's really nice to be able to have those two locations. The eastern shore also um, has offered us space at their Chamber of Commerce, too. So really fortunate that way to have so many strong partners and you know it makes sense they're all very interested in supporting small businesses is the sbdc a, a national thing as well we are or... yeah it's a national program um we're funded by the sba in part um we're part of the virginia sbdc and that again is 29 different centers the host for the virginia sbdc is george mason university so the sba funding that our office receives 
comes through George Mason University and the SBA requires a one-to-one -one match. So we are matched by the localities that we serve. And um, we're really fortunate to have that support as well. It's interesting as you're describing this, I'm like, wow, life is always really tough when you have one or two bosses, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to count how many bosses you have. You have 18 with the localities, then you have the chamber, then you have Brian the Stevens SBDC. My, so. Yeah. Brian Stevens is my official boss. That's who I report to. Brian <laughs> Stevens, the CEO of the hmm. chamber. But then I have a dotted line to a woman named Jody Keenan who runs Virginia's SBDC too. So it's a lot, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. That's interesting. I always thought it was just Jody. Not Brian. So that's interesting. I, I've already seven minutes in. I've already learned something today. There you go. <laughs> oh, so, so from a business perspective, obviously we talk with a lot of business owners. People maybe even thinking about starting a business. Why should someone who's listening that owns a business is thinking about owning, uh, starting a business, maybe works for a business? What, what, what does the SBDC offer that is something that they should, you know, start to jump on? Yeah, that's a great question because we offer so much, to be quite honest, um, and we help businesses at every stage of their life cycle. So a lot of folks, folks come to us in that sort of ideation phase. Um, they haven't started a business, but they've always had a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit or they've watched friends and family do it. And they think, hey, this is something that I could do, too. I love to cook. I love to work on cars. I'm really passionate about craft brewing. So maybe I would want to think about putting a business together around that. That's a great time to come to us because we can help you with some foundational things that will get you off to a really strong start, help you with considerations um, that you might not otherwise have thought of before you're knee deep into a business. And you're like, wait a second, who are my customers? If you've recently started a business, you know, a lot of that is fast and furious. Maybe you were running around trying to get your EIN number and register with your local, um, you know, city, city, uh, office to have a business license in your city, but you didn't really think about your website. So that's something that we could come in and like layer some support around. Okay. Like you're getting started. What are some important considerations to give you a good foundation? Let's say you've been running your business for five years. You're, you're doing really, really well, but it's time to expand and grow. We can offer some resources around that too. And then, Hey, you've been in business for 20 years. You're ready to go to Tahiti and, and retire and enjoy the fruits of your labor. Well, let's talk about an exit strategy, succession plan. We can help you evaluate your business if you're thinking about selling. So, you know, we can be a great resource at all stages of a business's life cycle. Tahiti sounds fun. <laughs> Especially today. Yeah. So so gray outside. Yeah. One thing that's really like a, a backstory that we haven't really touched on yet that is worth mentioning is that, gosh, when everything closed down due to COVID back uh, in 2020, um, the SBDC was a big part in the start of this show. And, and Zach and I, we just had this, this idea that Businesses still need a platform. People still need to communicate. They need to learn. They need to showcase themselves and, and what they're doing. So uh, the SBDC was a, a really, really big part in starting the show. hundred and Now we're 136 episodes. 38. Into, 138 episodes into it. And it's still being broadcast on the SBDC Facebook page. I don't know if that's actually true. I think it's true that it's 138 episodes. But I just happen to be looking at something that says 138. So I'm, I'm assuming it was right. I don't know. Andrew, am I right? 138? Yeah, there yes, you go. this is, yep, 138. Well, so we did, I, we've done more than we thought. I think it's a great resource. And I don't know if I've shared this with either one of y'all, but when I was looking um, into the position, you know, the position was open in um, the start of this year. And I knew I wanted to relocate to Hampton Roads. And I was, you know, checking out some different options. And I loved, um, everything that I saw about the SBDC, I looked at a lot of your podcast episodes um, just to kind of get a feel for what the small business community was like in Hampton Roads. And it was a great resource for me. So thanks so much for, for your help. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I always, I enjoy feedback like that. I mean, I don't know how many times I've run into people that uh, I'll, I'll see them on the streets, downtown Norfolk at our event or something like that. They're like, Oh, thanks for having me on the show. I was just in Northern Virginia and I ran into somebody and they they said that they saw me on the Fervent Four show and just the, the, the reach and longevity of, uh, of everything is really, it's really cool to hear that kind of stuff. What, um, I'm curious about how you formulate or how the team is formulated. You, you rattle off. There's so many different services. Is that because there's, 
so many different members or you have different members of the team that specialize in different areas? Or is it because you can reach out to all the different uh, SBDC offices across Virginia and beyond? Or is it a combination of both? Yeah, I do think it's a little bit of both. So y'all know this as well as anybody. Um, Pre-pandemic, I don't think that we would have thought about using Zoom or using any of these sort of virtual platforms to do training. It all felt kind of impersonal and too techie and nobody wanted to figure out how to download the software or whatever. It was just like we wanted to do everything in person. And, you know, the pandemic really forced our hand on that and required a lot of us to jump into, you know, the 21st century and, and get hip with the technology. You know, Zoom is ubiquitous now. We use it all the time. And so a great thing about being part of the Virginia SBDC network is, again, 29 centers. They're all offering amazing content and they have subject matter experts that we don't have here in Hampton Roads. And so it's really great that they're keeping that content in a virtual platform because you can plug into it at any point. Um, there's less on demand um, uh, seminars, but there are a couple of them that you can watch at any time. Most of them are live though. So I love throwing that out there as a resource for folks. Um, you know, we've got other centers that do like figure out your WordPress website, um, other centers that are helping you build out a social media calendar for the holidays. Um, you know, how do you get all those posts in place to get people excited and informed about your product as they're looking for last minute Christmas stocking stuffers and, you know, Hanukkah gifts and everything else that's happening. So, um, that's not necessarily content that we're putting out in seminars. It's probably stuff we talk one-on-one -on -one with our clients about, but I just love that as a resource. And then our advisors here, you know, y'all, y'all know you've been advisors for the SBDC. Um, we try to get a mix of folks with various um, subject matter expertise and backgrounds. Um, I would really highlight Bill Holleran. He's one of our senior business advisors can talk to you about absolutely anything at any stage of your business. Didn't as, he start the local SBDC? He, he did. Yeah. He was the very first um, executive director and then was so successful. He was lured away to private industry, went, um, did that for you know, 20, 30 years, um, had a very, very successful run, has seen businesses at all different stages. And, um, you know, he's fortunate enough to be able to retire and just enjoy time with his beautiful family and his lovely wife, Teresa. Shout out to Teresa Holleran. Um, and, he, and he works with us in his, as an advisor because he's so passionate about economic development and the idea that small businesses are what create economic development for a community. And I think that that is the reason um, that the SBDC is so valuable. And it's why I love being a part of it, too, because the impact that it makes on the community. Yeah. So if you were to look back at 2020, if you were to look back in Tim and I's conversations in 2020, we said this a lot. We, we've seen seven years worth of growth in like three months. And a lot of that has to do with uh, the online stuff where people are now doing stuff on Zoom instead of in person. If you think about how much time was quote unquote, wasted by traveling to a business instead of just hopping on a, on, on a Zoom call and stuff like that. It, it's it's very interesting to see because we haven't talked about this in a long time. We used to talk about it a lot because I guess it was fresh in our minds. But but now we've just adopted these things. Like you said, uh, Zoom is just the norm. You know, getting on something like this is just the norm. Is that something? And I know you weren't at the SBDC at the time that that uh, at the, that this things that the pandemic specifically happened. But were you seeing it in, in your other careers? Like, what was the, what were you guys trying to go online before the pandemic? Like, it just, it, it seemed like it was such a no brainer to do something like be, make everything online, yet not everyone was really jumping on board. Like, what was it that was holding people back so much from doing something that, you know, within minutes was so easy to adopt? I know. Isn't it funny? I mean, it's hysterical. I know how resistant I was to it. And I was like, what was my problem? Like, yeah. and I, I lived in Rochester, New York for about 10 years. And there was a company there called First American. They're a very successful company that does like lease financing for equipment. And they shifted to this model where all of their salespeople, you know, they're a national company. They just did all of their sales calls via like Zoom, but it was a different platform. And I just thought, oh, gosh, like who wants to be on camera? And like, do you have a laptop that has the camera if you're the client? And, you know, like that just seems like such a hassle. Um, and I think it was just like outdated thinking and also cultural norms and this emphasis that like if you weren't doing it in person, you weren't able to build a relationship um, and I think we've just proven that that's not the case. And so 
while many people, myself included, enjoy going back to in-person programming, in-person meetings, gosh, I don't think we're ever going to let go of the convenience of um, having this virtual connection. Because like you said, it is, look, we're all right here. We didn't have to get in our cars in the rain this morning, go to a studio, you know, we can just do it so easily. You know what's funny about that aspect of it? So Tim and I did uh, the Mighty Dream Forum. We did a couple interviews there a couple weeks ago. And this way is super easy for us to record because we all have the equipment. But it was actually somewhat stressful trying to figure out how we were going to record stuff on a stage in front of right. people. Because I remember early on, maybe in August, I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to have to call my, my photographer friends. We're going to have to get them to record. We're going to have to get clearance, yada, yada, yada. I mean, it's that was so funny. That's super stressful. And the crazy thing, and we put all these things in place to make sure that we were able to record the sound and everything else. And then it turned out everything that we had put in place failed. And if it wasn't for the fact that uh, Andrew is able to uh, make contact with the camera person and then get a copy of the SD card from the camera, we would have been host. I mean, it's like, so we don't even know how to do in-person things. This is all we really know how to do, but everything worked out okay. What a great opportunity with Mighty Dream Forum. That's awesome. It was super cool. That was my, uh, at least for me anyway, that was my element. I, I just, I loved all the, uh, the optimism and and the energy that yeah. comes from being live too right you you got your own adrenaline going but then the energy of the folks in the room and what everybody there is collectively trying to do to advance um entrepreneurism pretty cool yeah it definitely uh being on the stage in the in the the cliche bright lights is i mean, I, was, I, I don't know about you zach but i couldn't see anything and i know that uh, there are some production people that are trying to tell us some things and i was like i have no idea what you're even trying to say but yeah well at one point we were trying to figure out like if the people where were they that we were bringing on couldn't tell couldn't see anything i mean it's just (laughs) and i've been on stages before but i guess i never had bright lights like that but it was fine i was blinded by the light yeah i think uh matter of fact next week is the final interview of the three that we did we'll have blair durham uh I'll, I'll definitely uh, tune into that. I was really excited to see her um, in Virginia Business Magazine as one of the top 100 people to watch in the state. That was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, she's great. Blair and Evans from 757. That's yeah, that's that's that is great. I, Evans was episode like three or four. She five, was really, six, really four. early. She's yeah, always yeah. in at the ground level, isn't she? <laughs> well, yeah, it's just it's crazy. It's just uh some people and I feel bad because there's so many people that still haven't been on the show that we want to have on the show, and it's just like even now we're booked almost two and a half months ahead of uh, of today. So it's just it's not that we don't love everybody. It's just yeah, we we only do it once a week. <laughs> so looking back, I don't know, beginning of 2022. Jim Carroll is still the SBDC uh, executive director. He's been there, what, 25, 27 years, something like that. He announces his retirement. At some point, the announcement comes out that obviously someone needs to replace him. You end up becoming that person, but like you didn't live here. You have some roots to here. And, and you mentioned, you know, you seeing our show and we appreciate you, you, you giving us the kudos and stuff like that. But like, Looking at a job, when you see this come through on LinkedIn or Indeed or wherever you saw it, and then you're like, oh, that's something that I want to do. Because you were doing stuff at a university um, at, at that point. Like, walk us through the the walk us through thinking through like, OK, this is at a place where I want to go. This is a career that I like. Like, just walk us through kind of the whole aspect of, oh, I, maybe that's for me. Yeah, um, I knew I wanted to return to Hampton Roads. As you alluded to, Zach, I uh, spent time here as a kid. I went to middle school and high school in Hampton, Virginia, and Hampton Roads has just always felt so much like home to me. My sister and her husband came back to the area about 18 months ago, and when they did, I thought, oh my gosh, what have I been waiting for? Like, why didn't I think of that sooner? So I was looking around at opportunities in the region. I knew that um, I wanted to make a move very deliberately and I didn't want to just find a place to land. I wanted to find a place where I was excited about the mission, excited about the work, excited about the impact. I also was really um, 
specific about wanting to have a regional role because even though I grew up in Hampton, I've always thought of Hampton Roads as one big place. Um, you know, like my friends and I would run over to Bush Gardens and for the summer in Colonial Williamsburg or have, you know, uh, lunch at the trellis. And we always thought we were so grown up. I would come over to the boathouse and go to concerts in Norfolk. And, you know, when I say that people are like a uh, trellis and boathouse, those haven't been here for decades. You're really showing your age, but those were great small businesses. Um, and so I, you know, wanted to be able to work in a role that would allow me to have that regional influence and um, the ability to work with so many regional partners. And so, you know, I did see the position on LinkedIn um, through the Hampton Roads Alliance, actually. And Jim had offered for folks who wanted to know more about the position to reach out to him and he would um, sit down and have a conversation, a little informational interview. So I did that. We had a great conversation. It was really exciting to talk with him and hear more about the SBDC and the work that he had done with um, his team to help small businesses. And again, the impact that small businesses have in our community. So, you know, that was the first step. I started going through the interview process. I got to meet more people. I got to meet Brian. I got to meet Jody. Um, other folks that were involved with the chamber, small business owners, and just, you know, every step of the way, it was confirmed for me that like, this is a special opportunity and a place that I could see myself for a long time. And so I feel really fortunate that it all worked out. Yeah, that's, um, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm thinking, I, I say this in very lighthearted way. I'm just, I was just like, gosh, I wonder if Jim mentioned the fact that uh, Jolie's going to have 20 bosses. If provided to <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, was, was that, was that mentioned? Was it just, yeah. I forgot yeah. to mention that, but. Yeah, I don't know that, um, I don't know that we did get into that level of detail, <laughs> but having worked in the past with like boards of directors, you know, you all, you always have so many people that are stakeholders and feel very strongly about directions and um, the type of work that should be getting done. I would say for the most part, you know, the localities that we serve, they're just so um, excited to have a resource for small business and a place that uh, folks that are coming into their doors that are interested in opening businesses or growing and expanding businesses in their region, um, just having the resource, I think, um, is such a is such a benefit that for the most part, I, I don't, I wouldn't even say for the most part, I would say exclusively, they're so supportive. And so that makes it easy. It is really a tremendous resource for sure. When you think about kind of like a sports analogy and and the CEO of a of a sports team being either I don't know the head coach that's been there for a while maybe the quarterback the 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 number one player the Michael Jordans of the world and let's say that's the Jim Carroll that's been there and then now there's this new person that's come in that might have a little bit of uh, of a new swagger to it a little different way of doing it a little bit different of innovation like wh where were you in that world of okay I'm coming in I'm I'm following a legend. And now I have a guy has been there for 25 years. I don't know if, Jim, if Jim's listening, he's gonna be like, wow, thank you for calling me a legend. That's great. Um, but, but there's a lot that goes with that. You know, if it was um, Steve Jobs at Apple, now Tim Cook, being, being the new person that no one knows after someone being there for 25. I mean, I think you could say the Hampton Road Small Business Development Center is Jim Carroll. And those, those words are synonymous. Now Jim's not there. Now it's you, Jolie. Like, what was that like emotionally? How to get through that? Because I think from a CEO to a CEO perspective, that that's something that can be powerful for for you to be helping those those business through. Like what what was that ever in your mind? Like oh my gosh, I'm I, I'm taking over this position from someone that's been there for so long. Do, like how do you how do you start um, integrating the stuff that you want to do that might not have been what he had done? Like how how does that all come to fruition? Sure. I mean, absolutely. It's a huge consideration. And Jim is a legend in the small business community. I mean, everybody knows him across Hampton Roads. And something that he did that was wonderful and really speaks to the type of person that he is, is we had a whole month together where we overlapped. And he's got that military background. You know, he's transitioned roles before transitioned commands. And he, and he took that approach to this position and put together a very comprehensive schedule where the two of us went to every single locality that we serve. And we met with 
the economic development folks there. He also sat down and introduced me to a ton of partners. So we ran the roads for a solid month. We, we talked about cramming 30 years of his experience into 30 days. And I think those very warm personal introductions and handoffs that he did in person um, with the stakeholders for the SBDC made a huge difference. Um, so I think that's one thing that just made it a lot easier. And I was, again, really fortunate to have someone with Jim's perspective and leadership that put a plan like that together, made a, made a big difference. Yeah, I remember seeing that itinerary. We, we were getting emails for a month before. And it, just, yeah. it was like, there's a lot of movement. I was, like, I was tired just looking at it. I was like, oh, my gosh. But I mean, one thing, though, that, that really um, must have made things much, much easier, not that anything is easy, especially your position, is that uh, the team that that is centered around you, I mean, they are extremely passionate team members to, that, that will do anything and everything they can uh, to, to help out the clients in which they're meeting. That, that has always been really, really impressive to me. You're absolutely right about that, Tim. And you and Zach have been members of that team. My, Mike Austin, a retired SBA lender who knows everything that you want to know about SBA products and just in general lending. Uh, Lauren Small, who works in early childhood development and her colleague, Virginia. Deborah Farley, um, who is over at the Peninsula office and has been there as long as Jim had as our center's assistant director. So yeah, a huge, huge uh, team of people that Again, like you said, passionate about small business. They're here because they want to help small businesses succeed. And they're, they're entrepreneurs themselves, like the two of y'all are. So I think more than anything, yes, the team. And and, and, and for those that aren't aware, I mean, it, all, it truly does extend statewide in terms of uh, you all have a whole email distribution list in terms of, hey, I th I, it took me forever to even understand what that acronym was. I have a client. Is, is that right? I-H-A-C? Uh, you might be telling me something. I don't know. I don't think I've understood what that stood for either. So uh, <laughs> thanks for that. Yeah, you can put out any question. within Y'all your acronym. Thing. What is with this Aryan acronym? Hey, I didn't make this stuff up. So... It took me forever to figure it I out. I didn't know I that. Like, well, I just... Acronyms run this town. Um, yes. Yeah, so there's IHAC, and you can put a question in there. Somebody put a question in there about gerbils and snakes the other day, and I swear there was another person in the system that had an answer for it, and I was like, okay. Yeah, but that's to go, to go like, more with the gerbils, yes, they, they do. There was like some business they were working with that had to do with like frozen gerbils as a sort. I don't know. It was weird, but wow. somebody knew. Somebody had the answer. Oh. Um, but let's like keep the the acronym uh, theme going for just a little while longer. The SBDC in Virginia also has ICAP. I, was, that's, I wanted to bring that up as well. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see, I don't know if I'll get the acronym right. Innovative commercialization, but for people that want to- And production? And, and possibilities. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I should know what it is, but- Josh Green, but, don't be mad at us. I know, sorry, Josh. Um, but it's our tech commercialization arm of uh, VSBDC. And so we've got mentors. There's mentor, I kept mentors throughout the state. We're lucky that we have two here in Hampton Roads, Marty Kazablowski and William McFeet. Um, they're tremendous. Marty's got some um, extensive background in what, like aero engineering, flux yeah. capacitor kind of stuff. And then- He um, claims he's a rocket scientist. He's a rocket scientist. And then William McFeet, Tremendous background um, in microbiology and pharmacology, um, working for large pharmaceutical companies in Europe for um, his career, and then is now in Hampton Roads. So tons of expertise for folks that sort of have this like product or technology that they're trying to commercialize and then grow huge, right? Grow big. Um, they've got a terrific cohort with that program. They're really well connected to the 7-5 system. 7-5 says seven collab group that also helps accelerate some of those like big um, idea, big potential companies. We also have a group of folks that help with international trade. So you're ready to export your product or service overseas and you need some support around that. We've got you covered. And then our craft beverage team. So if you're ready to get a craft beverage out there to the marketplace, we've got resources around that. And then not technically part of SBDC, but they report to Jody, so I count them, 
is our PTAC team that helps with um, government procurement and contracting. So those are all statewide resources that we can bring to bear to our clients here in Hampton Roads. And for those that were interested in what ICAP stands for. We were all wrong. The, <laughs> yeah. The Innovation Commercialization Assistance Program. Oh, shoot. Assistance Program. All right. That's that's. I like program. and. I like the word <laughs> and better than assistance. But <laughs> so historically... I've maybe maybe not from a business perspective, but from an organization perspective, like the organizations that are like an SBDC, um, that that are economic development drivers for for the area. A lot of them do similar things, but don't play well and play nice together. You just mentioned some things that are associated with the SBDC and some things that aren't, and they, they seem to be playing well together. Like as someone coming in trying to just help the businesses. What what are you doing to just be like, hey, like, I know you do this thing and that's great. We also do this thing, also great. And instead of butting heads, you 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 help each other. How do those conversations go so that you can actually help the businesses and and not just battle each other? Because historically I think there was a lot of battling between organizations. Yeah, I've I've definitely heard that. It's not been my personal experience so far. I think that's good. There, we have a great ecosystem. Y'all know that even better than I do here in Hampton Roads. And the SBDC, we're, we're for everyone. So when clients come to us, if I have veteran clients, I tell them all day, every day, we'll be a resource for you from now until forever. But also, if you don't know about VBOC, go check out the Veterans Business Outreach Center. Do you know about Bunker Labs? Because they're another great resource that's just getting up and going here in Hampton Roads. If you VBOC, um, that system has a class called Boots to Business that is an intensive two-day class that you can take either online or in person. Every veteran um, or active duty military member or spouse of um, veterans we are, or spouse of active duty. I mean, that's a whole separate category of amazing entrepreneurs. Like go to Boots to Business. I mean, we've got resources that can help you too, but, but why not take advantage of that amazing resource? Um, you're a small business that has an idea that you're trying to grow. Hey, and you're on the peninsula, go to start peninsula and go through that pitch competition. That's only going to make you stronger, get access to other mentors. Um, you want to go through an accelerator program over here on, um, the South side, check out black brand, uh, see what Norfolk innovation, um, Norfolk state's innovation center is doing. I mean, I'm only listing like a handful of them. There's so many more, but I think it's important like to help our, people coming through our door to know that they're part of a bigger picture. There's a ton of folks just like us that are willing, able, enthusiastic to help. You know, I might resonate with some clients around marketing, but then they need to get extra financial help. Well, I'd send them to Bill Holleran in that case. But I mean, there's other folks that do specific aspects of this kind of thing really, really well. And, you know, go experience, enjoy, learn, you know, what's, um, Bizwheel, that amazing um, event that y'all had over at the Hive with Drone mm -hmm. Up, that was so cool. I mean, every entrepreneur should get involved in an opportunity like that, just to connect with other folks, see what's going on in the region, talk to like-minded individuals, be around other people that are trying to dream big and bring something to life. I mean, we can't do all of that at the SPDC. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 great to hear your take on it. Um, I guess Zach and I have been in it for so long, and so and I, and I do. I'm optimistic in the sense of I think that we have turned a corner, um, and that things are that there, there's some new blood, and that everyone is working together. I, the whole the thing that I tell everybody is I if, if we all focus on making the pie bigger, then everyone's slice naturally gets bigger. So let's focus on the pie. Let's not necessarily focus on your individual slice. Um, I agree with that. And I wish like the region, well, let me be diplomatic about how I say this. I would not want it to come across the wrong way, but <laughs> thinking about the region, when you try to be everything to everyone, then you just kind of are so diluted. And I would almost say vanilla, except vanilla is actually my favorite flavor, but like not, and I think about the localities this way, like you don't have to offer everything as a locality. Like look at Norfolk. We've got such a cool, natural, authentic, urban downtown environment that looks like a city, right? And so like Norfolk, I think owning that sort of like city experience and building out a really great like city 
experienced for our visitors, the people that are getting off these carnival cruise ships, like give them a downtown urban vibe that they can feel like sophisticated in and have their cocktails and have their cool shopping experience. Then go to Virginia Beach for like the awesome 17th Street, Virginia Beach, you know, kind of ocean um, surf vibe uh, and do that there. You know, go over to Hampton for a kind of like nice city on the water experience and, and and all of their little cute shops, you know, get over to Williamsburg and James city and Yorktown for such a historic experience. And I think that if we positioned the region that way and everyone just kind of focused on what they do best and owned that identity, it would only be good for everybody because you can get everything that you want here. You don't, we don't all have to try to do everything for everybody. Right. Like that's right. I know, I know I only have so much time in the day I, and I won't even pretend to try to do, I, it's like, I know what I do well and I stick to that. And then introductions, passing people to the right people is that's it's best use of my time. And it's about out, best outcome for the people that we're working with as well. Mm -hmm. Because you can't like, I mean, I can be the best small business development advisor that I can be, but I'm, I'm not gonna know about taxes and how to project all, make do all your financial projections and be a whiz at SEO marketing and build your website from scratch and talk about branding with you and be your human resources expert. I mean, I know a little bit about all of those things, but I'm going to direct you to the marketing gurus. I'm going to direct you to the HR people, you know, even if that means that it's a, um, a consultant that you might be working with, like at a certain point, like in a small business, you are going to have to get that team of professionals and advise, paid advisors um, underneath your belt. Um, but you so have access to those individuals of those different, you know, traits of a business, if you will, features of a business, aspects of a business that you can refer someone to to help in that aspect. You don't have to be the, the Jack or Jill of everything. It's just like, let, let an accountant be good at taxes. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, with that, uh, I, I was just curious about the customer journey. So if someone goes to hrsbdc.org and they wanted to, uh, they wanted, they were seeking counseling. Um, can you take us through that journey as far as they, do they start at the website and then how do, how does it determine what counselor gets them? Is that geography based or now that we're in this zoom world, is that based on the skill set in which the target area, what that person is seeking counseling in? I, I would love to hear more about that. Those are all things that we're thinking about as a center right now, kind of like working your question in reverse. In the past, we were very geographic based, and that's because a lot of our clients had uh, visits with us in person in our office. Now that we're able to do a lot of that virtually, and I think our clients like it because they're busy entrepreneurs, busy business owners, or they're working a full time job and trying to launch a small business on the side. You know, everybody's time is just at a premium. And so being able to just zoom into a meeting can be a lot more convenient and can happen quicker for our clients than necessarily having them come in person. Although we, we are definitely open to in-person visits as well, but our advisors now aren't constrained by geography so much anymore. So we are looking more at like subject matter expertise, but also capacity. Um, who's got the available time. So a first step for someone who is seeking um, to work with an advisor is to go to our website, as you mentioned, Tim, and there is a button there to request an appointment. If folks are new to business or are less than two years in business and um, you know probably less than like 10,000 or so in revenue, we're asking folks to go through um, a new business 101 class that we offer every week virtually. And it just helps with some like foundational business things. We cover, you know, your unique value proposition as a business, customer identification. We cover access to capital, what financial institutions are going to be looking for if you come to them seeking funding, um, equity versus debt financing. So, you know, just some of those basics that can be helpful for folks when they're in the early stages of their business. And once they do that, then um, they're welcome to set up an business, a, a visit with an advisor. Um, going through that 101 session is also really going to help them focus their conversation. Um, for folks who have been in business for longer, then generally they will go straight to an advising appointment. Interesting. Thank you. So you, you said that uh, it's the request appointment button on the page. Is yes. that where they would go? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, one thing that's also really cool. I'm sorry, Zach. I was uh, was the number of events that you all host and at Startwheel. That's one thing that we that is part of our every Monday. We load up all the the different events that are taking place. But I mean, just um, just in the like this week alone, how hackers stole Christmas, SEO and social selling, making better business decisions with Google. Uh, new new year, new brand, five security or uh, cybersecurity's New Year's resolutions for 2023. I mean, there's this event after event after event. And so these are all SPDC events. Yeah. And so yeah. you can go to startwheel.org slash events and you can filter by SPDC and you can look to see and all of them are virtual and they're free. And so it's just the event aspect is really a, a great asset for uh, for the entrepreneurs as well. We're so fortunate to have that. Again, it's a statewide, the events that you're listing, we cannot take credit for those all at the Hampton Roads SBDC. They're, they're statewide programs. Um, and really as a state, we're doing a lot of, we're having a lot of conversations among the state directors and the state team about how to not duplicate efforts, how we can come together and think about programming um, that we can put out as regions. So to that end, uh, Central Virginia's SBDC, which is out of Charlottesville, their executive director, Rebecca Haydock, is absolutely amazing. She put together something called the Founders Series, which is a five-part um, five series of sessions that take deep dives into some of the topics that we were covering earlier. So there's a whole session about um, your unique value proposition and identifying your customers. There's a whole session on pricing. There's a whole session on um, record keeping and why QuickBooks or a similar product is so important to small businesses. Um, so anyway, these five sessions, they had been doing them in Charlottesville, got a lot of um, accolades and, and kudos from their clients around them. Well, now, Charlottesville, um, Greater Capital, which is the Richmond office and Hampton Roads, we're combining forces and doing them together and we'll put them on, um, we'll put the Founders Series on five or six times a year. And that's, that's just such a smart way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if a business is going through that issue in Charlottesville, it's very likely that they're doing it in Hampton, in Norfolk, in Cheyenne, Wyoming, in Las Vegas, Nevada. I mean, it's I have always seen that most people have the same issues over and over again. It's just getting that message to that person, mm -hmm. right? And so, yes, there are very, very specific pieces that they might have a question at, but 80, 90% of that business is having the same issue that someone else is going through. It's just you as a advisor, understanding where they are on that point and then pinpointing to that, to that issue to, to help resolve it. So I, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. And if it's a statewide organization, which it is with 29 different, um regions why not pull stuff together and help the businesses that are that are going through that aspect yeah and then that frees up you know we don't all those three centers i just mentioned we don't all need to be running founders series on our own when we do it together then it frees up more time for us to add additional programming or do additional advising and just share the load a little bit too so as an executive director what's been one of the most difficult things in the last six months since you've taken over well, I think um, it's been very important for us to tell the story of the SBDC. I think that with COVID, um, the pandemic, gosh, we were just like, as y'all well know, because you were working as advisors during this period, the sense of urgency was just so high to be able to help businesses um, that were coming to the SBDC, like nonstop, you know, every minute we were probably getting a new request for a business that needed help with a PPP loan, understanding that, understanding idle, understanding how to switch to e-commerce, understanding what it might be to close down a brick and mortar location and do everything online. So I think that we were so busy, like keeping up, keeping pace with the requests that were coming in that we um, maybe neglected to kind of make sure folks understood the impact that we're having in the region. So I'm really proud to say that over the past year, we've helped, I mean, excuse me, past five years, I kind of did a summary um, overall for our whole region and then summarized every locality that we work with as well. But overall for the region, we helped um, 32 clients. So that's 32 businesses over the past five years. Those 32 businesses have um, created uh, a thousand jobs, retained more than 2000 jobs, 
Um, a hundred businesses have been started as a result of that work. And we've helped businesses uh, with more than 50 million in capital formation. Now that capital formation number of 50 million, the business starts and the jobs created and retained, those figures are based on client surveys and that's a 15% survey response. So I just threw a ton of numbers out there, but what I'm trying to say is that doesn't even measure the full impact of our work. Um, but even those numbers let you see that the value of business advising to small business clients makes a huge difference in the success of their business. So I think just being able to like share that story with the community, share that story with our localities has been a huge opportunity for us over the past. I'm sure, years. I'm sure that probably the most popular um, question that you are asked and you don't have an answer for because it's not your wheelhouse. What do you tell people when they contact you? They go to the website, request an appointment, and the and they ask, "I need funding." What do you? What is your response to that question? We, of course, as y'all know, have a ton of requests around funding. I think that the important considerations there are: well, how much funding do you need? And sitting down with an advisor to understand. Uh, I wouldn't say if that's the right amount, but if that's the amount that is going to have the best impact for your business. Sometimes people think they need 100,000 and they really could just do a lot with five. Sometimes people think they need 5,000, but that's not going to get them to where they need to go. They really need to put 50,000 into their business to take it to the next level. So it's like right sizing their request for capital, but then also helping folks understand do you have resources that you're able to bring to the table? Because going to a financial institution, you know, going to a bank, they're going to want to see that you have 30% of your own assets to put towards this loan request. And then, you know, all the other considerations about, you know, credit, asset, you know, like guarantees, that kind of stuff are important to think about too, depending on the size of the loan. Yeah, I don't know who started the conversation that money is just readily available. <laughs> just, just just being thrown it's funny because i remember forever we would talk about that tim and then in what 2020 2021 was the first time that money was actually available in kind of a a low interest not not crazy kind of way through ppp and idle and stuff like that and that's the first time ever and I think historically people just think that, oh, if I want to start a business, I can go to an SBDC, I can go to my local city, and they're going to give me a check for $4 million <laughs> just because. And 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 what's interesting is, as you were saying this, Julie, it's like use of funds. What are you going to do with that money if you get it? And people are like, I don't know. But, and so it's like, well, if you don't know what you're going to do with that money, why do you think you need that amount of money? And then on the opposite side of it, maybe they do need that money and they need a lot more of it. So it, it's just funny how people will think, oh, I need $500,000 because that's what I heard on Shark Tank. But I have no idea what I'm going to use with that, use that money for, where I could put it, what something costs, yada, yada, yada. It's, 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 it's almost comical that just people just arbitrarily throw a number out of a hat and they're like, yeah, that, that's the number. That's what I think I need. And I have no reason to know why. I think, you know, a good analogy for this, I think people get so, they're so emotionally invested in their business that it is very hard to take a, a business approach to it, right? They've got so much blood, sweat, tears, passion, probably. It's even, yeah, it's their baby and they can't see the baby objectively. And so coming to an SBDC or another, you know, a business resource where someone can look at your baby objectively and say, okay, um, you want to, you have this great concept for a restaurant, you know, a brick and mortar restaurant is going to cost you $200,000. Do you have, you know, 50,000 of your own funds or that you can borrow from friends and family to make this investment? Um, no, well, you know, let's scale that back. Like what could you do? Could you do a food truck? Could you do a hot dog stand? And I'm not being facetious when I say that, like I would go to a hot dog stand, I mean, and try a gourmet hot dog that could then grow into, you know, a food truck that could grow into a brick and mortar that could grow into a franchise or multiple locations. Like there's lots of ways to take your big idea and scale it. But the analogy I would say is like, 
you know, you're having trouble with your significant other, right? And you're just like, so like locked into like the emotion of whatever the issue is. And then you go talk to your best friend or your mother or a, a, a little bit more of a neutral party and they can give you advice that you can't give yourself. And you know how easy it is to solve somebody else's problems. I mean, we all do that all day long and we can do it um, because we've got that remove. And so that's kind of what your SBDC advisor is there to help you with. It's not that you aren't smart enough to figure it out. If it was your best friend's business, you'd be able to tell them what to do all day, every day. But when it's yours, you just don't have the perspective often that is needed. And so I think that's really important to think about it that way. Because, you know, these business owners, they're brilliant. It's not that they don't have the ability. They just are so locked into like a myopic view or the emotion around it. Where's the coaching aspect out of that come through, though? Because, you know, Tim, Tim said this of the 138 episodes, probably 50 times. Like if you're not coachable, it's hard to to coach someone. And so if someone doesn't have that realistic view of their business and they're not willing to accept maybe some of those opinions or thoughts or or critiques how, where where does where does being coachable uh in the organization come come about because i think that's incredibly important to be like eh, like i think it's a weird S scenario yeah no you raise a good point with svdc like our clients are going to self-select for that they're not going to be back for session three four and five if they're not coachable because they're going to opt out of it. They're going to be hearing things they don't want to hear, or they're going to be asked to do things that they aren't prepared to do. Um, I think that's another reason why having access to more resources is helpful too. You know, you might not have liked it the way that I said it, go talk to Blair at Black Branch. She might say it in a way that really resonates with you. We're probably saying the same thing, but like she is saying it in a way that is like really clicking for you. Or, um, you know, you're hearing it from Tim Ryan, right? Over at Star Peninsula and he's saying it in a way that makes sense to you or vice versa. You could have heard it from these other people. You come to the SBDC, it's, it's like, you know, oh, now I've heard it seven times. I guess maybe there's something to it. Or like, I just had my coffee. I had my bulletproof coffee. So it's all clicking all of the like, I'm joking because we talked about that before the show started. But Apparently I looked that up before. Uh, there's brain oil that also is involved in that. You had your brain oil. So now you want to- like an omega-3 or something? No, MCT oil. It was, it was in quotations as brain oil. Interesting. So it's coffee, your normal coffee, a crap ton of butter, uh, grass-fed butter, a stick of it, blended, I guess, blended. Add some brain Push oil. It. Some brain oil, a little, <laughs> a little squeeze of that, boom, you're ready to go. You ever had Maybe this uh, bulletproof coffee? Maybe we no. need a bulletproof coffee bar uh, at the SBDC office, and we'll just, like, if clients are being, like, uh, you know, uh, having a hard time, we'll just, like, give them a shot of bulletproof coffee and, like, conversation turns around. There you go. I'm curious if uh, one of you were like, what do they call, is it a writer when a, a performer comes to uh, perform and they have, they, they want like green M&Ms or whatever the case is. I, I'm curious if, if part of your writer was when you accepted the position at the SBDC, anybody that has a, a baking or a <laughs> question is, is that you, uh, you have dibs on that automatically out of yes. the gate? I tell everyone I'm here for the food. Um, so I love working with restaurants and food-based concepts because, you know, it's just like what I really enjoy. I like to explore new restaurants. I like to bake and cook myself. So I get really excited and energized when I get to hear other people's ideas around that and, you know, help them help them grow something food-related. All right. So uh, I have a follow-up on that. So don't, if you're changing yeah. the topic, let me know. I'm not, wanna... I'm not. I just wanted to okay. say that a stick of butter has 810 calories. In it. <laughs> <laughs> that just seems like an obnoxious amount of calories for a stick of butter into a coffee. I never really have looked at what like a Starbucks uh, from a nutritional standpoint is, but man, 810 calories. Kudos to wow. you on the, on the bulletproof coffee. Wow. That seems wow. ridiculous. I'm just, yeah, no, I would, my follow on was uh, the holidays are here. What is, what is your go-to baking mm. holiday cookie that, uh, Ooh. your number fruitcake? Um, I love to experiment. So I don't always make the same things twice, except when it comes to the holidays and, um, other kind of like times of tradition, I get really into tradition too. So I grew up with these spritz cookies 
um, people listening may have had this in their own house too. It's like a metal tube that you shove dough in and then it like screws. There's like this screw on device and you sort of like, as you turn it, the cookies get pressed out of the device. And um, my mom made them every year, like in the shape of stars and trees. And you like sprinkle sprinkles on them. And like, that's just my favorite holiday cookie. I love it. And our family also, um, we have other, we have gumbo, seafood gumbo every year um, at Christmas, either on Christmas or Christmas Eve. And so my parents, you know, I mentioned my sister's here in York County. My parents live in Mississippi. They're coming up. My sister's children who live outside of the area because they're in college, um, they're coming into town. So it's going to be like a big family Christmas that we haven't had since COVID. And my sister called me this morning. Actually, we were talking about the menu. So I'm so excited to have gumbo and potato salad and ham and rolls and like all this. We do cookies. like a smoked oyster roll. It's like all these like family yeah. favorites. Can we ask the, the one more food related question? We asked this to several guests. If there is one thing that this Absolutely. region is famous for, or you have family coming to town, and there's one thing that they need to try before they leave. What what is that one staple item that we have that makes that is unique to Hampton Roads? Can can you think of anything? This has been a it's been a tough question for our audience or for our our guests to answer. I would Spritz just cookies. say our seafood probably. There's so many. I I love seafood. We live on the water. We have such we have access to such abundant seafood. You know, she crab Sioux, I think would be something I would definitely want folks to try. And then what goes better with seafood than hush puppies? I love hush puppies. And so I'd been in New York for 10 years when I moved down, you know, I moved, I moved here like on a Friday, I started work on Monday, right? So Jim and I were on the road show. We're like hitting every locality We're everyone's taking us out to lunch. I ordered hush puppies everywhere we went. I was just like so excited to have them again. So I know Zach is like giving me a face that is like absolutely not. But like how many places? No, I like hush puppies. I just don't think that's one thing that's ever popped up. And then there's like a whole crab hush puppy situation Mm. that happens in Hampton Roads Mm. that I haven't seen other places. Uh, unfortunately, I um, suffer from the inability to eat the seafood that you are talking about due to an allergy. So, hush puppy, there you go. That's it. I, I guess I'll just eat the hush puppy. Yeah. I th- <laughs> see, when I moved here, however many years ago, 15 years ago, I thought it was a barbecue place. It's not. Oh, it's some, not a barbecue some, place. There's some good barbecue. Oh, gosh, what was the place? Oh, Shame on me for not remembering it. What city? Bunker Lab, uh, when they did their thing over uh, in um, uh, Capstan. Yeah, but the guy that's buying Capstan has a barbecue food truck. Holy night! His barbecue was amazing. Wow! So go. good. Yeah. I feel bad. Fifty nine like, minutes later, and she's singing like um, <laughs> I need to the like, barbecue. Google, I need to Google that. I don't know if I would be able to figure out who it is because it's like terrible. I wonder if it was, because uh, Zach, your favorite barbecue place is what? Is, is Bubba? Bubba? Bubba and Frank's? Yeah. It couldn't be them. Bubba's and Frank's is good. Uh, Redwood Smoke in, in, in Ganton, Norfolk is good. Um, Tim, we had lunch not too long ago at a good barbecue spot. What was what, that? Country Grill? County Grill. County Grill, good. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, food is an interesting. I think everyone loves food. It's a it's a community aspect. Yeah, it's a community. Together, you know, people eat Benny's pizzas. Seven of them, I heard, uh, not ten. So, uh, technically, I didn't lose, but I also didn't win. Um, yeah, I mean, I think food is a great thing. I do think that if there was a thing, an item of food that the region could l- latch onto, like some other places do, that could help propel some of the stuff too. Uh, that other other cities do. Um, I but mean, I, you have to seafood as a general thing. Is, what, like buffalo wings? You think we need like our own version of buffalo wings? Well, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you got Philly I think it's a branding aspect. Wings. Yeah. What, what could we brand as our? Carolina barbecue. You, you said jumbo. Jumbo is a New Orleans thing, I would think, right? Beignets is also a New Orleans thing. Um, I, I think you think of uh, barbecue uh, brisket can... in Texas. I mean, there's always the debate yeah, between uh, Detroit pizza, New York pizza. Yeah, what's oh, the best pizza? Pizza. 
Obviously. It's just a it's a it's a reoccurring question. It's probably one of the most que commonly asked questions that we ask. And I'm just curious what your take was. So that, that was a, an interesting take. I appreciate yeah. it. Hampton Roads, home of the hush puppy. <laughs> I do love a hush puppy. So that makes me want some of that fried. What is that? Cornbread? Yeah. And, you know, some people dip it in honey butter. I like it in ketchup, which I know is like bizarre, but that's how we eat it in Mississippi, um, where my family is historically from. So, yeah, there's so many things you can do with it. You could put crab in it like some people do. Or, you know, I'm sure there's like a sweet version, a savory version. We could take this 100 different directions. I, I appreciate that. What's something we haven't talked about today that you want to talk about? Oh gosh, I don't know. We've covered so much. Um, I'm. That's probably the most asked question on this show. That is, that it is. And we stole yeah. that from one of our guests who said that's how you should end a conversation. What? What didn't we talk about? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I love hush puppies and all kinds of food, but I also really like to read. So I, and listen to podcasts. So I would love to hear your recommendations for um, what are you guys reading or listening to right now that could be an interesting um, thing to catch up on when we've got some downtime uh, between now and the new year. Uh, my favorite book is North by Scott Jerk. It's a book about how he sped ran the Appalachian Trail. Oh, I would love, okay, that's my dream. That's my dream is to through hike the Appalachian Trail. So I read all the books about that. I would, I, it's a good listen too. So it's him and his wife. His wife was his crew. And so uh -huh. they talk about the different aspects of it. Um, Wait, who's I, the author? I, Scott Jurek, J-U-R-E-K. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I read about him because I've read the woman who, the woman who set the record for like speed racing, speed running it. I've read her book. She was like National Geographic's Explorer of the Year not too long ago. She cites him. Also a name I can't remember. Anyway. All right. I like it. What have you got, Tim? Well, uh, right now I'm, uh, I did, Zach, I did get David Goggins' new book. So I'm in the process mm -hmm. of digesting that. Are you familiar he's with just, David Goggins? What's his, he's what, from, what is his he's moniker? From Buffalo. Yeah. His moniker is what? Toughest man alive or toughest man? I don't know. He's, he takes um, endurance and pain to a whole different level. Um, he, in what, 2018, 2019, was the guy who was competing against Michelle Obama for one and two back and forth on books. So he had he had a book called Can't Hurt Me, I believe. And now he has a new book out that I can't remember what it's called. I'm also reading it right now, Tim. But, um, I mean, he, he people love him. People hate him, probably. But he just he, he has a, a, a different way of looking at kind of strength. But if you were... Michelle Obama had the largest, um, what is it called? Um, when you get a, um, oh, uh, you write a book, yeah, she had the largest advance ever in the history of books, oh. right? Something like a hundred million bucks and her and him literally back and forth on Amazon books, one and two, one and two, two and one. And they were just competing back and forth and his was self-published and hers was by some big publishing house and he had no advance, but it's Yeah, I, I, and, yeah. In terms of one thing that if you're not aware of uh, Fathom, uh, Jolie, Fathom.fm, that is like uh, it's a place where you can search podcasts. So if you have any particular question, it will, it will take you right to that clip. Uh, so it, it, and it's very, very accurate. Um, that's definitely something that they should check out. But yeah, I, in terms of a podcast, uh, I mean, I am a dedicated listener to This Week in Startups. Uh, I've been listening to that for years. Um, the All In podcast, also something that I've listened to for, I don't know, they're like a episode 107 or something like that. But, uh, you know, Tim Ferriss is always good as well. Uh, yeah, I'm a big podcast junkie what's your what's your go-to podcast i'm not into podcasts as much as um i mean i'm a big npr junkie so i like to listen to like fresh air as a podcast or just like other shows i can't catch when they're on i like to listen back to his podcast because i like what i like about fresh air she's always interviewing like you know authors 
political anal analysts, you know, pop culture kind of stuff. I think all of that's pretty interesting. Um, NPR like produces one of the most. Hmm? NPR produces one of the most um, popular business shows. How I Built This. Yeah. Yeah, I like How I Built This. Planet Money is really good. I loved like Serial. That was one of their like spinoffs that came out years ago that everyone was like so obsessed with. Um, they did another one that I really loved um, called S Town. That's like binge worthy, I think. Um, hmm. Serial as in serial killer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I just finished the uh, the checklist manifesto. That was a pretty uh, a, a pretty eye opening book. Just in terms of like the importance of checklists and how you scale and, and establish a repeatable process, like things that you don't necessarily think of in terms of uh, like when you go to have surgery or pilots, um, like just the the checklist that they have to follow. Uh, it, it was really fascinating stuff, like things that you would never even think about. Like I never thought about the fact that Delta has however many thousands of pilots. And when they meet in the cockpit, that could be the very first time that they've ever met one another. So, you know, like one of the things that is in their checklist introduce is to introduce, introduce yourself. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's like that is, is so that they can establish a rapport. And I mean, just that within itself just changed everything. But I mean, it's just, it was, it was an interesting read for sure. Yeah. What I love about that is that I'm a creative person and if you're looking, if you're watching this online, you can see the back of my desk. It's like stacked with everything. So like as someone that has like more like of a creative bend to them, it's very easy for me to be disorganized and like not have a lot of structure because I kind of like love to think about a lot of ideas at one time. And I'm always like getting into stuff. And I think that when you do something like a checklist or you create a lot of structure in your life, it frees you up in so many more ways. And I'm really a believer of that. I think that like discipline is the cornerstone of freedom because the more discipline that you can be with like just kind of rote things that you don't have to spend time thinking about, um, right. then it, it, it just frees your mind up to do so many other things. And that's always a challenge for me is to like keep up with the discipline in my life because it feels like it, when I was younger, that felt like such a drag and that felt boring. And like as a creative person, like, oh, gross. Like that's something like, you know, like accountants do. And now I'm like, A, we need accountants. And B, like having structure and discipline is only a way to be more free. Mm. Is that your line? Is that your quote? Or did you take that from someone? The discipline is the cornerstone to freedom. You know, um, I think that Martha Graham might have said it. Ugh, I was going to quote you, but okay, Martha Graham. Another book that uh, Tim led me to was uh, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. I would definitely listen to that on Audible. It's hilarious. Uh, it's also just interesting to see like his life and he's a lot more entrepreneurial and thinks entrepreneurial than you think. Um, he's a wild individual. Martha, what was her name? Graham. Graham. She's a contemporary dancer. All right. Yeah. I like any, um, I prefer to read my books, but I do have an audible subscription because when you're just doing all of that, like housework kind of stuff or exercising, you know, something that you can listen to and books that are read by the authors are often so good. So if Matthew McConaughey yeah. reads it, I'm sure he that does. makes it yeah. even better. He does. he does. That's great. Julie, this has been absolutely wonderful. We appreciate your time doing this and, um, Hush Puppies, The Hampton Roads Street of Choice. <laughs> yes, that's how we're going to leave this. Thank you so much for the invitation. I really enjoyed the time and appreciate all that y'all do for entrepreneurs and small businesses in Hampton Roads and what you do specifically for the SBDC too. So thanks, Zach and Tim. Um, I hope you Thank guys you. have a great rest of the year. And I know really exciting things are coming for all of us in 2023. Well said. Thank you so much, Julie. Cool.